We are the Knights of Awakening. Hello, good morning and evening. We are the Knights of Awakening, broadcasting live from our corners of the University Yours. We are your host Knights David and Justin, reaching out to all of you, our brothers and sisters, wherever you may call home. Alrighty, welcome everyone. Today is November, or no, December, yeah, wow, <laughs> the 11th of 2012, and I'm not David or Justin. Um, and I'm not even in the right timeline. I am Chuck, and I'm bringing us here together for a Knights of Awakening special discussion on martial arts. We have the following people on board for this discussion, and we may have more dropping in as time goes on because our our message board area just filled up with with people that want to get in on this. We have Stacy Smith for his first time on board. We have. We have Chaos, we have Jordan, we have Memphis, no. and we have Allie. Okay, all I have to say is, timeline? Because I'm still in November. Time zone. There's a big difference between no. timeline and time zone. You're I'm in the, in the wrong time. I'm still over in November somewhere, Allie. I looked up and there was Thanksgiving decorations. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> the end of the world. You've lost in the space con. <laughs> So, today's topic is martial arts, and it has been graciously handed to me to start the ball off on this one. Wow. You know, I'll tell you the thing that I would like to hit on first, um, on any martial arts discussion, and this one, this one comes up all the time. You know, to a degree, we, we all practice an art form. We all practice a martial art form of some degree in here. Um, and to some degree, you could say that there's some art in everything we do. But really, is there any art in martial arts? I mean, when you come down to it, when you start to hone this stuff in, when you start to to really make use of it, how much of it is art and how much of it is simply trying to, you know, beat, break, or destroy the other person in front of you? Is there is there truly art to this? Or is it more a matter of... Uh, Form and function giving way to necessity. And can it be both? Well, certainly it can. And I think that means you just volunteered to be the first person to talk on this a little bit. Well, I mean, the bottom line is that, you know, I, I have a second degree black belt and I'm also a police officer, so there's uh, some practical functionality to what I do. There is, to me, there there is an art there, and I'm not talking about the flowery forms or anything like that, but there there is an art to the functionality, even if you strip it down to its barest necessities. As a police officer, you know, the, the amount of techniques that are available compared to the amount of techniques that you're going to use 
that you you strip it down to two or three techniques and just, what am I going to do to either get this guy on the ground or get him in cuffs? So there is an art of just, in my opinion, there's an art just getting from point A to point B, even if it's not uh, Judo, very artistic in, in its ways, it's not very flowery, it's not very uh, showy. There is an art in just getting from point A to point B. So you would say this is comparative, in a sense, then, to kind of like chopping wood. There's an art to it. It may not Absolutely. be, it may not be artistic, but there's certainly an art. Is what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. It might not be uh, pretty, but I think there is an art to effectiveness. I think Mendes would agree with that one as well. Just stripping away, stripping it down to its essentials, just. This is what is effective. This what did. This is what will work. This is, as I said, will get me from point A to point B. Okay. Cool. If somebody sat there and they drew out a picture, it was just, I don't know, a dot on a canvas. Yeah, you took time to do it. Just like I could take time to aim a weapon. Sit there for a second and fire off. In which case, you know, that's what a lot of people in the military do is they aim their weapon at a general location. And, yeah, if you take it to its highest technique, there is an art to it. And there's, but it's mostly just knowledge. Point, shoot, and hope to God that you hit the other guy in the middle of a combat situation. Well, I mean, to, to take it off, off uh, topic for just a second... Uh, my wife and I went down to a, uh, a studio, an art studio in Philadelphia. I think it was last summer we went down there. And there was a guy, and he had taken, uh, he'd taken old bicycle frames and rims with spokes missing and wine bottles. And the line was around the block to see a mannequin with uh, a spotlight on it and a bicycle rim around the neck, and people were going nuts for it. Now, me, I looked at it like, oh, my God, what the hell? This guy's a genius? I can freaking throw a rim on a mannequin, and, you know, I, I must be Picasso. But there were people who saw it and thought that was art. So I guess in, in some ways it is in the eye of the beholder, you know? Fair enough. I can go with that. All righty. I'm going to hit the next person up with this, and I'm going in reverse order of the people in my chat window here. So that means, you poor unfortunate soul, I didn't hand the ball to you first. I'm handing it to you second. Chaos, what, is, what are your thoughts on, on the martial arts and the art portion of it? Um, you know, there's stuff. <laughs> Combat is a huge... a huge word. I mean, it means one... It doesn't mean one thing. It's kind of like... Uh, you know, when I spar with somebody, it, it, it's combat because usually somebody gets a bloody lip, bruises, black eye, so, something to that form happens. Uh, you're out of breath, you might feel like puking because you got hit in the stomach, or, or, you know, your legs are sore and they're wobbly, you can hardly stand on them or whatnot, and uh, it, that's combat. As far as I understand the word, when we're trading blows to the point where, um, you know, I'm not going to cry in front of anybody, but I wouldn't mind doing it at home. Uh, you know, <laughs> I would call that combat, but, you know, there's stuff I can do sparring that I can't, here's an example, I work in a hospital, we had a guy who had 
uh, alcohol dementia. He was about 30-some years of age, and I'm not going to any more details for HIPAA laws. Uh, he had cornered a pregnant nurse in the room because he had ripped off. He just ripped through one of his restraints, and uh, the other one was coming off, and I grabbed that one and wrapped it around my arm, so he was tied to me. And I did uh, what would be like a classical um, lake sweep. For all intents and purposes, got him back on the bed. It was real smooth. I wrapped him back around the bed until we got some new restraints, and it was real smooth. And then there was another time where this guy was choking a nurse, and uh, it took me, three other security guards, and a couple cops to basically dogpile this guy uh, (laughs) to the point where we could do something to him. Uh, I had seen him resist a taser, uh, literally resist it very well, very effectively. It was like, oh, so there was very little, like, I could do. Uh, But, (laughs) you know, I mean, short, because you can't, here's the thing, it's funny in the hospital, because what's scary for me is there's restraint had by us. Like, I can't, you can't just, you can't, you can't just go off on some guy, Uh, whatever you might think that means. You just can't. We're not allowed. Uh, I could lose my job and my license, you know, doing stuff. Uh, it's not even a self-defense issue. Um, but we dogpiled them, right? Now, both of them fit for me in martial arts, right? Uh, is there an art to a dogpile? Yeah, well, you know, actually, you know, the first one didn't work. So, yeah, there was, <laughs> there was a form that we needed to get to. Um, I, I just don't, I don't really think about it that much. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't. I, I practice martial arts. I do martial arts. It's a huge part of my life. I teach them now. You know, I, I own a dojo, but I don't really worry about the breakdown of the term um, because I'm always doing something different in regards to them. Uh, it's never the same. It, you know, demonstrating a technique so somebody else can see it, uh, so they can try it, so they can learn it, is not the same of how they're going to do it in sparring, but they have to figure that out for themselves. Uh, but it's all martial arts. Um, I, I guess I just don't, I, I don't worry about it if it's there or not. Um, I have fun doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's, it, a, that's a, that's a good I, answer. I've honestly never thought about it. I, I, I give, don't give it that much thought, I guess. It's not that right, deep a guy. <laughs> well, you're saying it's not important to you whether or not there's an art to martial arts. It well, just I have fun what, doing them. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I enjoy doesn't, it. Right, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter if it's art, it's what you do, it's what you love to do. Yeah, no doubt. So that then wouldn't that just make it a martial form? No, if somebody else thought it looked like crap, I could care less. At the end of the day, if I'm having fun, you know, and yeah, beating the crap out of each other with my friends can be fun. Like I said, you know, after, when the next day when you're sore and you're like, okay, that was a little stupid, or you're... You know, you piper extended your elbow and you can't do push-ups or lift any weights, especially with that arm. And, you know, you, oh, maybe I took it a little too far. And, uh, but I have fun doing it. Uh, I don't worry about it being called a martial form. You know, people ask me if it's combat effective. I said it's literally saved my life a couple times. Uh, that's combat effective enough for me. Uh, did it look good? No. No, was I terrified? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, another one was a patient that was had HIV and he was bleeding and... We had to restrain that guy. Uh, I was terrified the whole time because I have no desire to get HIV. Uh, you know, it's just not on my list of things to do. And uh, I really didn't care what it looked like. And I absolutely told them before I was going in. I said, I'm not getting AIDS. I'm not getting hurt here. 
So you guys just make a decision when I go in there. It's uh, he doesn't go down right away because I there, there's a line I draw, but um. I don't know. I guess I just have fun doing it. I don't worry about what I'm going to call it. Yeah, Kurt. Mr. Yeah. Kurt, to address two things there. One thing, you know, it's like you ran into it and you just mentioned it, and I've run into it myself. I mean, went on a call one time, and there's a guy headbutting a brick wall, and he's walking down the front of his porch, and he's punching these two-inch-by-two-inch two spindles, just snapping them like matchsticks. So... It's one of those things you hear about it, and you always hear the term. But until you you actually witness super superhuman strength, it's one of those. It has to be seen to be believed, and it's one of those exactly what you said. You wonder why sometimes you read in the paper where you know oh seven cops because you know you can't beat the hell out of them, but you just got a dog pile. That's all. That's all you can do with it. Right, and and it's different because I've become confident at the level of sparring I do, uh, even. Less so with strangers, because after you've worked out with the same person, you're willing to take things a little farther and a little farther, and then you're like, okay, back off, and then you take it farther. Uh, but, like, uh, we had a guy who uh, had overdosed on PCP, and mm-hmm. it's always funny, because martial artists bring up this, what you got to do against the guy against PCP? I held on for dear life. I was terrified the whole yeah. time. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready to yeah, crap that's... my pants the whole time. <laughs> That's exactly it. I had a guy one time OD'd on heroin, and he was uh, Hep C positive. And he OD'd on heroin, and the medics showed up, and they they started an IV, and they hit him with the Narcan, and he he it was pretty much he was just dead on the floor. And all of a sudden, boom, he pops up, and now he wants to fight. So it's like here I am, you know, with with years of martial arts training, and I was an instructor for three years, and this and the other thing. And I never once practiced the maneuver where you grab a guy and you just throw him into a shower stall. And now, because, you, you know, he, he ripped out the IV, so now there's just blood dripping down his arm. Oh, I don't want to touch that. So I got this guy shoved into a shower stall with my forearm on the back of his head trying to get him cuffed. And, you know, just get the damn cuffs on. But still, it's I, I didn't want to touch the guy because... If I couldn't get him cuffed, I was going to back off. I was going to taser him, but it was no. I was not getting Hep C, and I had one guy who was HIV positive. Nah, no thanks. You know that that brings up a really good point, and it's got to be a worry for anyone in martial arts uh, when you use this stuff in the street. A lot of things we don't think of as a danger really are a, really are a big part of that. Um, you know, you hit someone hard enough to break your or to bust through your own knuckles, and you bloody their nose. Uh, you probably knocked them out, but what else might you have done? You know, it really raises a really raises a raises an interesting uh, point of view on it. You know, mm, absolutely. There's another thing. You know, what just as far as when you're out there, if you, if you start punching, you you got a real good chance of breaking knuckles. And I was, um, I saw this thing, it was on YouTube, and then I read an article on it. It was the, uh, the military. The military actually went back because they were looking at the, the jujitsu that they were teaching, and they actually went back and they started reviewing the Japanese jujitsu because it was more the chops and, and the, the strikes using the side, side of the hand because it was just more meat there 
less chance of, of breaking open flesh and everything like that. But they started reviewing the Japanese forms because realistically, you know, like you said, you, you, you really don't want to punch somebody with your knuckles because if you connect with the side of their head with no gloves on, unless you crack them in the temple or something like that, you're going to break two knuckles and, you know, they're going to have a lump on their head, but they're probably going to still keep coming at you. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I'm not cutting you short here. I'm just moving to the next person to bring him in on this. Jordan, you're the next one up in my window lists here. Um, First, I'll hit you up with uh, martial arts and the artistry thereof, if any. What are your thoughts on that? And then anything else anyone said, hit on it, man. Wow, that's a pretty big uh, task to talking about. Um, within any art form, there's different techniques, different ways of doing things. You have weapons. With martial arts, you have weapons. Um, you have your empty hand, where it can be just punching, kicking. Um, elbow strikes, knee strikes, head strikes. Um, you can go into grappling. You know, there's a lot of different ways of doing things. And they all teach different um, different aspects, different methodologies. Uh, talk about how awesome it is to learn a weapon style. Um, stick and knife uh, sparring is what I generally uh, work on. Uh, from Kali. And in that, you know, I have to react to something traveling faster than most people's fists, which is a stick or a knife, a weapon. Um, I have to uh, learn to actually swing and block with something that's, you know, heavier than just my hand. Um, even my instructors, my instructors don't really swing uh, when uh, one of my instructors, uh, Mr. Trey, uh, the way he practices, um, the way he practices with his metal pipe, uh, it's a lot heavier. Um, so you have the conditioning aspect for that. If you go and learn uh, sword work, swords aren't very light, uh, typically speaking, and uh, you have to deal with that. So there's conditioning in that. Um, grappling has a lot of uh, core strength and teaches leverage, you know, and Striking is a very cardiovascular um, type of training. But you can even take that further and look at what it teaches you, what methodology it teaches you. Um, we taught, we train about uh, with the center line theory, where I train that. So you have uh, methodology there. Uh, one thing I've learned about um, the weapon art is primarily flow. Um, flow is the biggest aspect to that. Um, you know, there's a variety of different art forms out there, martial arts included, but uh, if you're talking about making it practical, making it extremely effective and working on the streets, uh, people who don't train martial arts will probably look at it and go, you know, that was just like being brutal. Um, being vicious to someone. And I'll look at it if they have trained in martial arts for quite some time and go, oh, well, that blood splatter you just caused from breaking that person's nose was like a stroke of a paintbrush on the canvas. You know, uh, there's an art there. It's not necessarily the nicest of the arts, but 
It's an art form. Well, very cool. Um, you want to hit on anything else that was discussed uh, previously? Realistically speaking, when it comes to martial arts, um, the most important thing you have to realize is that a lot of the mo- motions that people will teach you, uh, especially if they come from forms, they're elongated. Uh, they're exaggerated motions. Exaggeration motion is to really teach you, uh, teach your body or make awareness of your body mechanic. Um, and from there, your objective is actually to simplify that into a smaller movement, to as small of a movement as possible, to make it as efficient as possible. Uh, so a lot of those overly large movements uh, aren't going to be practical, which is why even if you get your first degree black belt, I, I wouldn't consider you, you know, effective uh, person for self-defense uh, if you're going to use it in any manner. Um, and there are going to be situations where, you know, uh, the type of style or um, method you've been taught isn't going to be effective on the street. Uh, against any any situation that I've been in where I've been in a fight or something like that, I'm telling you, I'm, I've been scared out of my mind. Um, I'm not, it's a lot harder for me to say because I'd be willing to try and not hurt someone if that's the best way possible. I have no problem risking myself, but if there's anyone else around me, I'm unwilling to risk and I don't care about having a job or anything like that if it means helping, uh, preventing someone from getting hurt. Um, so in the case of someone high on PCP, Something like that, you know, um, I'd much rather just start breaking things and preventing them from moving completely, if possible, uh, instead of trying to, you know, be nice and uh, just trying to hold them down. So in any of those events, I probably wouldn't be in the safe, uh, best position as a police officer working in a hospital. Oh, that's fair enough. You know, different skill sets for different folks on that. Um, anything else on that topic, or do you want me to move to the next person? Uh, you can move to the next person if you'd like. All right. I think he's listening. I think he knows he's up next. Mendes, you got something to say on this, brother? Um, I think that my views on uh, martial arts in general will be a little bit different. And maybe some of that's because of uh, you know the way I learned the skills that I've got. Um, I don't really see it so much as an art um, anymore. When I first started training, um, particularly in the Eastern martial arts, um, I very much thought as a as an art form, um, it had as much tempo and contrast as any of your, you know, classical arts. Um, but the more I started studying, the more I realized that um, that martial arts really isn't designed. I don't think. Um, to be pretty. I don't think its use is for uh, pretty things. I think its usage is uh, for slaughter. Um, I think it's designed to destroy things and destroy individuals. And anything that trains um, contrary um, to that core, um, I think it's in trouble. Um, <laughs> destruction is pretty. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's why you see a lot of, of martial arts um, sort of devolving into, you know, these tapping sports, um, small games, things like that. Um, yeah, that's about all I really have to say for now. I Unfortunately, I missed um, a lot the first, what, 15, 20 minutes of it, so I'll just kind of catch up as I can. No, that's cool. Allie, you are next up on my list of people. What are your thoughts about the art in martial arts? And then on the other stuff that everyone else has hit on, if you have any thoughts on it. Uh, pretty much kind of covered it. I mean, uh, well, maybe I haven't. Sort of. <laughs> um, as far as I'm concerned, the whole idea of it being an art, there is there is an art to it but you don't necessarily have to take martial arts to, uh, or rather, if you take martial arts, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are taking, you are making it into an art yourself. Like, if someone managed to, managed to take it just for disciplinary reasons or whatever, and then later on they didn't even, they got into a fight, and it turned out that their, the technique didn't even work. Um, what they're performing after that isn't necessarily art. It's just a martial form that they probably made up on the fly. Or, it, God, I'm probably not even accurately explaining this. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll kind of help you out. Because what it sounds to me like you're saying is uh, it may not be martial arts in the strictest sense that they're practicing. It may not be the art of warfare at that point. It may be more the art of dance set to the tempo of warfare. Does it sound about what you're hitting at? Yes. And then I also believe that you could, you while you can, uh, while there is an art of warfare, you could easily just study warfare and that's it. It doesn't have to be an art. That's why I don't think about it that much. (laughs) Don't worry, my next question... My next question is better. Um, I want to welcome Rosalind in. She just got in, so she's probably not going to hit on as much of this. But, uh, Rosalind, what's your view on martial arts and uh, whether or not there's an art within it? As in... And artisticness to it. I don't know if she can... We can't hear her, but I think she can hear us. Um, which is not exactly uh, what we wanted to happen. Yep, the call drop. Call drop. Alrighty. Well, that happens. Alrighty, so that means we are now back around in our round robin. Stacy, yes. what makes you love martial arts? What what draws you to this? I'm just hyper and like to work out. Uh, <laughs> but beyond that, uh, as a kid, I was picked on. I was small. I was uh, my father was in the Air Force. I was an Air Force brat, so. Uh, you know, I moved around a lot. I was always the new kid. 
and a guy named Stacy. And I mean, I'm not even that tall now. I'm five seven, away 150 pounds. But when I started high school, I was uh, I was four foot eight and I weighed 90 pounds. I was 14 years old. So it's not as if I, I ever got into fights, but it did give me the confidence that I could take care of myself. And that's initially why I got into it years ago. It was just to be able to take care of myself. But I also do, I, I like doing the arts, the, the art, I like doing the patterns, I like the, uh, I like the camaraderie of going to class and just seeing the same old faces and being able to talk to people. Uh, because I was small, I, I didn't really play a lot of sports, I played baseball, but I wasn't a football player, and then once I got to high school I wasn't that good at baseball, but I was going to be on the high school team. So, what I liked about <clears throat> martial arts, and it goes for everybody, is that no matter what your level, you can come in and you're still part of the class, you're still part of the group, whereas baseball, football, basketball, whatever it might be, at a certain point, if you're not a certain, uh, if you're not a certain level, if you don't have a certain level of proficiency, you're really just getting left behind. Whereas martial arts, you could come in and it didn't matter. It didn't matter whether you were in shape, out of shape, getting back into shape, whatever it might have been. You, you could be part of the group. And that's why I like martial arts. I just liked everything. Like everything about it. Alright, very cool. Chaos, what, what, what is, what is the thing that fuels your love of martial arts? What draws you to it? Um, I get off on violence. Uh, there's no other way of putting it. I, I could, I could make a better excuse than that, but that's at the bottom line. Um, cause I didn't take it to, uh, defend myself or anything. Um, and I was very good at just, you know, when it, when it came to fights, I, you know, I didn't need martial arts to beat people up, but I get excited by the violent aspect of it. Uh, that's why I love guns. That's why I love knives. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> like, like I said, the, the violence of it, uh, uh, gets me excited. <laughs> it's just, uh, and I love it. I, I, I I love everything about that. Um, probably, you know, I don't know. I, I really have a lot of fun doing it for that for that reason. You know, there's nothing like it. Um, and there's nothing, there's never been more clear a conversation I've ever had in my life than sparring somebody. Because it really doesn't matter. At that point, it's all action. I mean, you can talk trash if you're not out of breath. Uh most of the time I get to the point where I'm out of breath, but if you know, if you're doing it with somebody you've known for a long time, you can still trash talk. There's always room for that and stuff, but um, it's just, uh, I, I, I love it, you know. There, there's no need to talk. You just put on the gloves. Uh, mouth guard's always good. Um, helmet's optional. I've, I've found it useful as after, well, it didn't help me from getting stabbed in the eye, um, but it's just fun. It's just fun. I like it, you know. At the end of the day, uh, I, I have no good reason. It just—it's awesome. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> no reason reason. All right. 
Uh, Jordan, you're next up. What is it that draws you to martial arts? What is it that causes your great love for it? Everything. Would you like me to define that for you? <laughs> um, uh, not all of it, but hit the key, hit the key points, the high notes, please. Okay. Um, I got into martial arts. I, growing up, my parents were in martial arts, and I was put into the daycare center that was part of the martial arts um, thing. And instead of you know going and uh, playing with the other kids, I would just stand there and copy what they were doing. And that was when I was like four years old. Uh, growing up, um, I'd always like watching martial art films, you know, stuff like that. I took martial arts for six months when I was 13, got into a scrap, uh, scrap with my own, with my brother and tried to use it on him. And so I felt that I didn't have enough controls in myself. Um, and I wasn't learning the control needed uh, at the place, so I uh, quit going. Uh, then my dad was, uh, when I turned uh, 19, my dad was diagnosed with diabetes um, and sleep apnea. So being 280 pounds of fat, I figured I'd get into better shape. I needed to get into shape, so that didn't occur to me. Uh, found martial arts, uh, a martial arts school in my area, walked in, played Rob, Rob Zombie, so I was like, that's cool, and uh, started there. Fell in love with it immediately. I've lost uh, 40 pounds, I'm 240 pounds more muscle now. I used to barely lift 30 pounds, and I, by, uh, before I quit my job at the animal hospital, I'd be lifting 160-pound dogs, uh, four feet in the air, put them into a bathtub to bathe them. And I'd do that by myself, even though that wasn't, uh, according to the rules, proper. Um, so the physical aspect of it, it's taught me tremendously. It's taught me um, how to, uh, you know, use leverage. It's taught me uh, how to beat people up if need be. You know, like uh, Chaos said, I love violence. Um, it's something I've been part of. I don't. I take great pleasure in causing pain to other people, but I do not like violence because of that. It's a little complex. Um, but going even further, you know, I study grappling, weapons art, and striking. And as well as trapping range, uh, martial arts. And I've learned different things from different ones. You know, I've learned how to react faster. Um, I've learned that there are thousands of different points of view on things if you go into the philosophy aspect from grappling. You know, there's like 12 different ways to do the same one technique. That's mind blowing. And then you have like, 20 different positions to do that technique. Um, that's what grappling taught me. You know, striking uh, taught me a little bit on leverage. Um, grappling taught me that more so. But striking has taught me, um, you know, the most direct line to an objective. Um, philosophy speaking, because that's what your objective is. Punch someone in the face. Uh, 
so forth. Um, the weapons art has taught me to look at things from a different um, angle. Because that's what you have to do. You have to focus on the different angles that are coming at you and react accordingly. So, I mean, I've learned philosophy stuff. I've applied everything that to my entire way of life. Uh, so I just love martial arts. Excellent answer. Mendes, you're up next. What is it that gives you your great love of martial arts? You know, at first I thought it was a love for martial arts. Um, and then the more I studied, the more I realized that it's not martial arts that I was in love with, so much as fighting that I was in love with. Um, I love the, the feeling of movement. Um, everybody that knows me knows that I have a, a sort of, you know, wrapped fascination with the human body. Um, what kind of extremes can it be pushed to? How far can you run? How fast can you run? What can you lift? You know, how can you climb? And I don't think that there really is a a physical endeavor that quite presses your mind and body like fighting another skilled individual. Um, and in that, there's a there's a certain purity. There's a certain there's a certain honesty to it. I mean, all of your 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 bling, your swag, your cars, your jewelry, your reputation, none of that matters. Everything is stripped away to two individuals um, and their fists or feet or whatever you happen to have. And that's just a uh, that's just a tremendously powerful thing. And I think that uh, that, that moment um, where, you know, heaven in your training decides, you know, the winner and the loser um, is really is a rush and uh, sort of a quiet rush and uh that's that's what i fell in love with uh originally um as it uh as my uh skill set developed um it just so happened that it you know provides other benefits um i'm a fairly healthy individual um i'm a fairly sturdy individual and the people that i care about i can keep them safe um my martial arts includes a, a wide variety of, of weapons um, and techniques with, uh, you know, with the purpose of, of keeping the things that I care about, you know, protected from people that would do them harm. And you got to love that. No doubt, no doubt. Allie. And a lot of people don't know this, but Allie does have a deep love for the martial arts. But Allie, what draws <laughs> you to the martial arts? Because we had a conversation on this not too long ago. Um, well, I prefer my martial art to be the use of guns, honestly. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, the hand-to-hand combat is good. It really is. And mostly when I do the hand-to-hand stuff, it's takedowns to uh, ensure that the other person goes down. <laughs> and it throws them off long enough for me to cuff them, even though I don't have handcuffs anymore. <laughs> it's a little weird not being able to use the, use the techniques in that capacity, but whatever. Um but mostly, like, I find that 
after I get into the into the flow of using, let's say, a nine millimeter, or actually, I, I really love fucking M16. Well, not M16, the M4. It, it brings me to a very zen uh, state of mind, and that's the same thing that's actually happened with me when I use um, the bow and arrows. It's it's fun to sit there and have to concentrate so much so that you're just in the flow of what you're doing. Very awesome. Now, I, I skipped over myself last time, and I'm not going to do that this time, so I'll hit on the last question real quick and then on this question. Um, is there art within martial arts? Uh, to me, there's a moment of art when you're in perfect harmony with your with your uh, with your opponent and when I mean perfect harmony I mean things are going perfectly for you and not so much for them but that's harmonious and everything's working for for your benefit at that point and even when you're not there's a a, a, a moment of perfect harmony as so you're getting you know the crap kicked out of you from it so there's just something about that where time stops and there's a moment of art there for me in that um what draws me to it, you know, I thought I was going to say the competition from it. You know, I love competition. I love being able to pit myself against, you know, new challenges and uh, against people that I don't think I even stand a chance against. There's a, there's a great deal of joy being pushed to that limit. But, you know, I don't think that's what it is. I've given it some thought, and I think it's the freedom of it. Uh, especially in sparring, which is a controlled form of fighting, ultimately. You know, at the end of the day, you are never more free than when you are exchanging blows with another person or trying to wrestle them to the ground or fighting them and knowing that you both are on a limited time scale for how long your bodies are going to hold out for this. You are now more free than you are any other time in your life. At least that's what it is for me. There's there's just a, a supreme freedom that I don't find anywhere else. So that's my view on it. All right, we've we've hit a lot on martial arts. Um, so I guess the last part of it, um, favorite art forms, um, two or three, whatever you like. And we're back with Stacy again. Stacy, what are your favorite three art forms? I don't know if I have three. I mean, I. Do Taekwondo, and I've been doing Taekwondo for years, but for me, just from a practicality standpoint, I'm really starting to check into uh, Hapkido, because it's more of an encompassing art. There are locks, there are throws, there are strikes. So for me, that's what I've been checking out lately, just trying to get get into that a little bit more, so that I... Uh, I look more like a martial artist instead of a drunken sailor when I'm trying to take care of myself out there. All right, that's very good. Normally I'd ha hop back over to Chaos here, but I think he's lost connection, so I'm going to hop straight to Jordan. Jordan, favorite martial art forms, you know, top two or three? Um, <clears throat> hmm. I honestly can't answer that. That's fair enough. You got a you got a love for all of them, right? Well, they all have their time and place. 
And they all have different techniques that you can use. They're all different perspectives. I mean, I could list off the ones I train in, but, you know, I have a love for Tai Chi Chuan, uh, Chin form. Uh, I do somewhat like the Yang form, but um, the other forms I don't really care too much for. I think Bagua Zhang is awesome. Uh, Xing Yi is pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, go even further, you know, I like Capoeira. Um, Capoeira, fantastic. Um, Pinchok Silat is amazing. Um, catch as Catch Can Wrestling is amazing. Ken and Tukin, which is Filipino boxing, great. Uh, Muay Thai, which I practice, is, you know, really, really cool, really, really effective. I really, really like it. Um, but I really can't put anything into your top ten list. Uh, That's fair enough. I can only I can only say that I believe that you should tra- train in four four styles: one that covers tra- uh, trapping range, one that covers striking, one that covers weapons, and one that covers grappling. And then there's different methodologies that I believe that will teach you more effective manner of doing something. But is there a particular style that I think is better than any other style in the, and what it does? No. So, yeah. No, that's cool. Every style, no style, your choice. <laughs> no, I can see that. Mendes, you know that means you're up next, brother. All right. Um, I kind of disagree um, with Jordan. I think that there's a lot of... Uh, styles that have been put together and I think it's a lot of fluff and a lot of nonsense um, in a great many of them if not most of them um, things like Bujin Can I mean you just watch the YouTube videos and you're just scratching your head like you know does this guy really think that this is something that's going to save his life when the chips are down um, I think that the styles that do the best are the ones that have developed in harsh conditions and I think that they tend to be simple um, obviously, um, and the way I suggested everybody start is, is boxing. It's a uh, man's oldest art form. I mean, he balled up his fist and he hit another individual with it. Um, and it's evolved from there. Fantastic. Fantastic stuff, particularly when you, you know, study it historically and not just, you know, the ring boxing, you know, but the bare knuckle boxing and, uh, you know, things like that. Um, he did touch on a really good point, though, um, that you do need your options um, as far as different ranges, and not even just different ranges, but but different situations that might arise. Um, for striking, um, I choose boxing. Um, for grappling, I really like sambo. Um, it's a Russian style. Uh, it incorporates a lot of uh, folk wrestling that grew up on its own through usage um, and mixes it with, uh, you know, the Japanese judo and jiu-jitsu which also, you know, sort of grew itself organically. Um, I think that uh, Salat and Kali and things like that, those Filipino arts, um, you know, they, they grew from one man trying to hack another guy up with a machete. and can't get much more real than that. And as a result, I think they've got the best knife fighting in the world. Um, and then, uh, so you've got your, your hands, you've got your knives, and... Uh, Beyond that, I, I can't stress enough the uh, 
the firearms aspect, um, knowing how to use a pistol, knowing how to use a carbine, knowing how to use a precision rifle. I think these are all indispensable skills for anybody that really, to, you know, for anybody that that's claiming, yeah, you know, I, I defend mine, I defend my people around me, you know. Even Musashi said that if a person's going to be a, a serious warrior, that they need to be up to date on the weapons of their time. The weapons of our time is firearms. So that's about all I got to say on that. Well, at least if you're in the U.S., there are a lot of places where they're not allowed to have them. You know, we say that there's a lot of places where they're not allowed to have them, but there's really not as many as you think. I mean, you've well, got no, the, and I agree with that. I was UK. just correct yeah. my statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everywhere else, though, is pretty generous with that. Uh, Czechoslovakia, you can go pick you up a CZ Brand 805 right off the shelf. I mean, you've got a lot of uh, places that are more gun-friendly than they are, you know, adverse to it. All right, very good. I think we know what Allie's going to (laughs) say. But we're going to ask her anyway and see if she surprises us. Allie, what is what are your I favorite martial arts? You. I'm all about guns. <laughs> if I had to choose a second one, it would be practical, uh, practical police stuff like takedowns and whatnot that we employ. Just not overly complicated like what they do. If I don't know if Stacy's had to go through what they taught us in the MP Corps or not. But the convoluted methods that they use to say, oh, you have to do, um, when you do an arm bar, you have to get an arm bar into like five, you have to go through five different methods of getting them there first. And, um, that's all, if they, if they're compliant at one of those five stages, then you can just stop. It's kind of ridiculous, but, um, <laughs> the practical way of doing that, which actually, uh, Sensei Ross, went over when we were in um when we were in Chicago for our meetup last last month. So the things that are practical that are easy to pick up and then but my primary is guns. <laughs> to answer your question to answer your question, Allie, um it's been my experience that once they become non compliant even once you get the arm bar or you get this or you get that, it doesn't matter. And pretty much until you get them in the cuffs, they continue to be non-compliant. And half of them, even once you got them in the cuffs, they're still non-compliant. Oh, no, and I, and I completely agree. I've, I've had to experience stuff like that before. Uh, I never, It never really happened in real life, so to speak. It happened in training when our NCOs were all about making sure that we had the most realistic training. And they use that to, to show us why half the uh, why the convolu- over convoluted arm bars and whatnot were just ridiculous. They're like, look, just get them there the fastest way you can, throw them off their balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Whatever, whatever you need to do, and that's you know we were talking about it at the beginning, in that it, it's it's not pretty. It's nothing that. You will ever learn in class. It's just, it's not, because you don't know who you're going to meet out there. You don't know. Uh, I took a class a couple of weeks ago, and they were saying, and I thought this was high, but I guess they'd done studies on it, that 
70% of all people that get arrested are under the influence of something. That doesn't surprise so me. You, you never know who, you've, you, who you're crossing paths with, and you never know how what they're on is going to affect them physiologically. There was a there was a guy um, in the town, the city, I should say, where I went to the academy, and he called the police and <coughs> said they, there were warrants after the guy's arrest. So, but he called the police and said, "Hey, I'm 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 up at the the stadium for the the high school football team." And so <clears throat> three officers responded and the guy was waiting for him and he ambushed him. One guy pulled up in a cruiser and he just opened fired and he actually as the guy rolled up, he he shot through the door and, and shattered the guy's elbow. So like right there, boom, guy not completely out of the fight, but in many ways he was out of the fight right there. And they wound up, they killed the guy. And when they did the autopsy, they actually found, I believe it was maybe not fatal wounds, but they found 27 bullet holes. And when they did the toxicology report, all the guy had was pot in his system. That was it, marijuana, nothing else. So it's one of those things you, you never know who you're coming up against. You never know what is in their system. You, just, you don't know. Very good point. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on my favorites now. Um, uh, everyone already knows it's coming. Um, my my primary favorite is of course boxing. Um, it's the one I practiced the longest, and uh, as a secondary to it is going to be Wing Chun because I've been pulling a lot from that that I really needed to add into my existing hand art forms. Beyond that, uh, wrestling is good. It's a good way to get someone to the ground. And there's a lot of stuff in wrestling that once you start removing the rules of what you're allowed and not allowed to do, it becomes a lot easier to point out stuff to sparring partners as to how you could have really done some more serious damage from that angle. Uh, or how they could have, you know. So, you know, when you remove the rules of safety in any art form, it becomes a lot more effective. Past that, um, I don't own a firearm, so I don't train in them. I know, I mean, this is going to be like jumping up and down, shooting at me in a second, but that's cool. I do train in weapons forms, though. I like any dual-handed weapons forms. Anytime I can have something in both hands, um, I feel better. And I like to train with with smaller quicker weapons, because I'm a big guy and I already got all the force I'll ever need. And, um, you know, that sums it up. That, and I like fighting with staffs. Any any type of stick-based weapon is usually good for me if I can get two hands on it, because, um, you know, most things, if I hit them hard enough with a big stick, will stop them. At least... For the record, know. though, I can't completely fault you. I had to do, uh, the... I had to look at the weapons laws for your... for your state, so... My country! Because because we have been removed from the Union, our gun laws are so strict. <laughs> so, let's put it this way. If you move to, say, Michigan, or Tennessee, or Kentucky, um, which I'm sure Mendez and Andy and I would all 
want you to move into one of those states because, yeah, you'd be closer to us. But uh, if you did and you didn't have a gun after that, I think then I would I would turn Mendes loose on you for not having a gun. Well, I, I think if I was in Michigan, I'd be getting a lot of practice out at the range. I just have this feeling I know someone there who'd be there going, Chuck, he ain't been out to the range today. <laughs> I just, I, I got that feeling. You know? And, um, you know me, anytime I get to go out and hang with friends, you can usually get me going to just about anywhere to do just about anything, so I'd probably be a crack shot by the end of the month. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that being said, We've had a really great set of conversations here. I have promised Justin that I will advertise the store at some point in every show that I'm on. And so, it falls to me now to tell everyone to check out the KOA store. You've been asking where I got the hoodie and the shirt and the hat. You've been asking where you can go to support this. Um, and that's the place you can go to support it. And that was a nice little, uh, you know, five, ten second plug there. But it really does really say it all. You know, people want to know what they can do to kind of, you know, wave the flag, well, this is one way. But with with that out of the way, I want to thank everyone for joining us. And I'd like We've to all... say uh, two things when you're done. All right. I, I, will, I will give the floor over to Jordan when I'm done, <clears throat> only if you promise to end it on those sacred words. Oh, of course. All right. Um, you know, I want to thank everyone. Uh, this is the first time Stacy or Mendesi, the one, have been on the KOA show. And it was great having these guys. You bring a level of expertise and knowledge, which helps augment, you know, my admittedly lesser level, especially on a topic like this. You know, I'm, I was afraid I was going to be getting it over my head, but these guys covered my ass on it, and I thank you. And with that, Jordan, play us off, buddy. All right. Two things. Mendes did bring up a good point, so anyone listening and anyone who will be listening to the show once it's in the archive, there are martial arts styles where people have embellished their history. There are people who can call themselves martial artists, have been practicing martial arts for many different years, and trained under these legendary instructors, and they really have it. Yeah, it really takes, you have to be really careful on what you look at when you go to martial arts school. Um, that being said, I'd like to, uh, thank, uh, Sa- uh, Samantha Jane, um, uh, Sam J, who has always shown up to any show that, uh, I've put up, and I just want to say happy birthday to her. You're and so I'll awesome. let you end it out. All right, everyone, thank you for listening, and remember, as always, awaken the night within.